0: Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to engage in America's favorite pastime, blaming a woman. That's right. It's
1: grunt work. Wait a minute. Oh. problems i feel bad for you son i got 99 problems but speaking openly about my feelings with the ones i care most about in an effort to improve and maintain a healthy relationship ain't one that's true and where where do we do that on grunt work the only podcast about the tv show home improvement that doesn't skimp on the drizzle drazzle of scone frosting <laughs> is that the t- is that the technical name for that stuff it was called drizzle drazzle this whole time yeah. as always i feel like i'm landon solano joined always by my deepest most intimate uh, co-host Truman Caps. <laughs> uh, Landon, thank you so much. Could you uh, elaborate on that for me, please? <laughs> Truman, it's good to be speaking with you, sir.
0: Well, Landon, it's good to be—it's good to be speaking with you too. I really value the um, good work that we accomplish here uh, in in these <laughs> sessions, and I think that uh, I've seen a lot of growth from you over the course of the past four years, and I'm very proud.
1: Um, uh, likewise, sir. Uh, our uh, listeners who don't go to therapy won't get these jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Might not get this episode. Um, but Truman, we have no time to waste. I know I made a joke about that in the season premiere of this season, but this time we legitimately don't have time to waste. We the, the, have so much content today. <laughs> This season, I feel like every episode starts with us
0: very briskly informing people that that we have no time to waste, and this is a no-nonsense podcast, and then we dive straight into a very detailed recap of a 90s sitcom <laughs> that no one cares about anymore.
1: Like, we gotta get to it! We gotta, like, children will die! It's like we're delivering <laughs> insulin to, like, Pakistan or something. Uh, isn't that what all comedy is based on, is the juxtaposition of those sorts of things?
0: Well, I mean, that's, you know, Landon, let's, let's crack that open and discuss it. We have no time, after all.
1: Um, yes. But okay. We have
0: a jam-packed episode. We have a lot to jam-packed. discuss. Let's go. It's full, filled with okay. jam, just like a good scone.
1: Sherman, did you uh, did you watch this week's episode? I, uh, yes, Landon, and I did watch this week's episode. I prepared for the podcast. Um, <laughs> Very good, because I watch other things. Obviously, could you tell me what this week's episode was about? <laughs>
0: so this week on home improvement uh the first thing that happened was that uh truman due to not being very good at his job and having just <laughs> just bragged on the fact that he prepared for the podcast
1: actually didn't write out the synopsis ahead of time
0: so listeners will be That's hearing
1: right. uh, you, you know the complicated nature of these home improvement podcast uh episodes are are really hard to recap so.
0: it's 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 like a swiss watch there's so many gears and 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 cogs and such involved with it uh so give me the log line what's the one sentence uh what happened here the, the one the one sentence logline is that uh, Jill persuades Tim to go to couples therapy uh, because she explains to him that you must do maintenance on a relationship just like you do maintenance on a car. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, Tim and Jill, uh, go to couples therapy. Tim is, uh, kind of hastened along into it because he finds out that his boss, Bud, at tool time has just had his marriage fall apart and that lack of communication was the reason why. So they go to couples therapy. Tim eventually opens up and talks about how he feels that Jill criticizes him too much. Jill mm-hmm. gets very angry at Tim, but then with a little help from Wilson realizes that, yeah. She is criticizing Tim too much. Tim is such a great husband, and Jill is just criticizing him too much. And that's a big (laughs) problem. But fortunately, she apologizes to Tim
1: for criticizing him too much. (laughs) Uh, Outside of the uh, implied um, (laughs) criticism of the show uh, in your synopsis, you did a good job off the wing. Uh, thank you thank you yes I kind of the I kind fly, of, off the wing is that a
0: phrase I off the I wing I, 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 I was lost in the sauce with this one because <laughs> I I had not look I didn't write a synopsis out of protest for some issues that I had with the plotting of this episode <laughs> oh God do we go into personal reflections or should I have you guess that title oh man um I guess I'll I guess I'll guess that title and then I'll reflect yeah. okay.
1: okay I have four options okay and this is uh the first. Uh, first slot machine column for our uh, Tulipa Challenge. If you get this right, which I I gotta be honest, I know you hate when I do this, but I think there's a chance you might get this one.
0: Okay, I I I'm looking at mine, and I don't think it is possible. Okay, okay. Fir- first option, ass lighting. <laughs> it's like gaslighting, a common tactic of abusers, except when it's performed by a huge ass okay this this episode is never gonna air <laughs> yeah. this, this is it, the last
1: episode this is
0: our the day the clown cried um
1: <laughs>
0: next option they're a pee. <laughs> like you're comforting someone they're there but therapy Their therapy okay yeah. uh third critical gender theory <laughs> okay because criticism and and gender yeah and okay. Last option, uh centuries of ingrained misogyny compressed into 22 minutes of primetime television.
1: <laughs> Have a good feeling about that last one because it is accurate. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give you one more shot uh just for our listeners so that we can give them a fair shot at these chalupas. I think I um, think some of these were fair. Okay, but go on. I mean, they're not inaccurate. Uh but uh they aren't the actual title. Um <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, I would say this is a pretty good home improvement title, but not out of the realm of something that you would normally guess. It's a play on words. And I want you to focus on w- what this episode is centered around. Centered around. Well, let's see. It's centered around
0: therapy. It's centered around... Uh, yeah, but spe- what specifically? Couples therapy. Yeah. Marriage but therapy. But it's,
1: it's, it's, a, it's a specific... Thing, specific thing that it's centered around. I mean, the therapy is a specific thing. It's not ongoing. It's a. It's a session. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll let you have your guess. Session uh,
0: therapy session. A seminar. Um, I workshop. Mean, they use oh wait a wait, wait back. back in the okay workshop something about workshop. Um, uh, is it? It's not just marriage
1: workshop it's um, no 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 it's it's a play on words it's a a decent title okay uh it's uh it's um, uh the best of content (laughs) this is it's it's it's, stammer through a guess it's back in the workshop again Uh, that's a that's a good guess on the fly um but i will give you the actual title which is workshop till you drop
0: Okay, I, wouldn't, I would not have—I'm sorry, I would not have gotten that. There was no dropping no? in this episode, aside
1: from— I have faith in you. Ah, well, thank you, Landon. It was misplaced, <laughs> as you can tell. Landon, how did you feel about this episode? Well, hold on. This episode, I got—we got—like I said, this is a jam-packed episode, sir. Oh, man. Uh, it aired on October 9, uh, 1st, 1996, directed by Andrew Sow, who we've talked about this season. I want to talk about Charlie Hawk— H a u c k. I might be mispronouncing it. The writer of this episode, he passed away on November fourteenth of this year. So oh, only damn. a few, like a week and a half ago, uh, this this uh, this gentleman passed away. Um, he previously on this show uh, wrote "Alarmed by Burglars." I think was either the, the finale or the penultimate episode of last season. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he goes on to write uh, five more episodes of this show. Okay. Uh, for a total of, of seven. And uh, this season, beginning this season, he became an executive producer for a total of 50 episodes uh, through the final uh, of this. Okay, okay. Um, or, uh, the end of the show. Kind of, a new, kind of a new arrival to the Home Improvement family. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, he wrote on M.A.S.H., Mod. Uh, He created the show Valerie, uh, which starred a young Jason Bateman. Wow. Um, He wrote two episodes of Frasier. (gasps) (laughs) Season 7, episode 7, Asar is Born. Oh. If you are Uh, unfamiliar with that one.
0: I, I know. You? I know. I am familiar with that. That's the one where they. Uh, the, uh, turns out one of their family heirlooms belonged to a uh, one of the Romanovs, right, or the Russian Tsars. Or they think they
1: did. But more importantly, they find out that they all love the Antique Roadshow. Yes, yes, that also. <laughs> that was a good episode. Okay. Uh, and he also wrote season seven, episode eighteen, Hot Pursuit, where Fraser and Roz uh, come close to doing it uh, oh. at the hotel room after the conference. So, oh no. Uh, a little on both sides there, but uh, he acted as a producer <laughs> for twenty three episodes of that show as well. Okay, I watched twenty three episodes of Frasier. Well, okay, well, Charlie Hawk, you know, I look, I
0: I have some some rootin' tootin' hot and spicy opinions about Charlie Hawk's work on this episode, but I still wanna say, rest in peace and I appreciate the work that he did on his other shows, and I have written a lot of scripts at times in my life that I'm not proud of either, and so I'm not making any judgments about him. This is a dude just getting paid, doing his job
1: doing his thing uh and you know hey man he was the producer on the show for executive producer for 50 episodes so uh you know he's getting his due i yeah i'm sure he, i'm sure his kids are uh, are well taken care of and, and thank god for that so i will jump into my personal reflections real quick you uh, should because you have hinted at yours uh <laughs> Large wafts of your opinions of this episode have uh, emanated
0: the airwaves away. I i I have, I have let off a silent but deadly of my opinions, and we have rolled down the windows of our podcast.
1: Uh, but I'll start by saying that this episode actually really started strong for me and had some solid jokes and deliveries. Uh, yes. I, I laughed out loud at numerous jokes which usually isn't the case for me. I'm usually laughing at reactions. I'm usually laughing at situations. But to get me to laugh at a joke is hard. So uh, I want to give it props for that. There were a number of great jokes and one-liners here. But I got pretty bad whiplash from... How quickly it backslid. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. In the in the opening of it, you're like, oh, okay, this is gonna be a fun little story about a newspaper, and it goes a very different way. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's anti therapy. There's a change in Jill's character from the rest of the series that just holds no water in terms of, uh, you know, what she's built up or what the writers have built, what, what Patricia Richardson has brought to it from the beginning of the show that just serves the purpose of this episode, which I feel like is a little mean spirited. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's mean
0: spirited. I think is the perfect word for it. This episode just feels mean in a very insidious way that you
1: kind of like don't, that you're not even aware of if you're not looking for it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, 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 you know, it, I, I hate to use it as the reference point all the time, but this felt like it would fit very easily into a season three episode where it, it's it feels like it, it completely ignores or not even ignores, but like almost actively goes in the other direction from the lessons that the show has learned uh, from its kind of dark days. Yes, I, yeah, and
0: I think the only reason it wouldn't fit in in season three is that Tim inject like Tim's behavior in this episode isn't really egregiously bad or cruel so much as just it's the fact that the the whole the show itself like typically Tim does something bad and the show kind of sort of you know uh, pulls the rug out from under him and makes him realize the error mm-hmm. of his ways this time in the episode Tim is just sort of being buffoonous buffoonish and doofus Doofus, buffoonish and doofus that's like goofus and gallant in, in the knockoff version of, of highlights but you know tim, tim is tim is just kind of bumbling through but instead yeah. of the show teaching him a lesson the show is like no jill you should never criticize anything tim does that's wrong you are too critical of this man who is constantly shitty
1: yeah it, it is uh, i think i agree and we are in agreement this this episode's problem is the writing uh, and, and not necessarily, let me rephrase that. It's not the writing, it's the perspective of the writing. Yeah, like, or like the moral that the episode lands on is, yeah. Exactly. Because I think that, you know, structurally, it's written fine. You know, I think that it, it feels more cohesive than most episodes of the show. Um, you well, know, it, except
0: except for the fact that it introduces a potentially very fun plot about Randy being a reporter <laughs> at the beginning of
1: the episode that it then just tosses in the fucking yeah, trash. I think that that's just planting seeds for future episodes. Though oh, we're only at the beginning of the season, Truman. Uh, it, it, well, it, it, it feels like. It feels like we're at the beginning of season three right now. Imagine what Ladlegate is going to blow up to by the end of the series. You know, the problem with Ladlegate wasn't the crime; it was the cover up. Okay, um, we're, we're dangling too many details over our listeners who might not have watched the episode. So let's let's get into the deep dive. Yes, let's. Um, because we start actually with this Ladlegate issue, so uh, we jump in and. Yep. Uh, Randy comes downstairs to say that uh, he got picked to write for the school paper. Uh, yeah. Apparently Jill did as well. <laughs> yes, back in the day. And, and Brad is surprised that they even had
0: printing presses back then. <laughs> I should also point out that the Grunt Creep is strolling through this the
1: crowded breakfast I... nook. I was going to ask. I, I For the last couple episodes, I didn't actually see the Grunt Creep. I thought maybe they had gotten away with him or gone away <laughs> – did away with him. Good Lord. Uh, no, on, it's, it's a –
0: it, it, it's he's not in the episodes. I've just been cursed by him
1: and and see him. He always <laughs> does.
0: Does he not tell you in every episode it's like, you're gonna die in seven days? <laughs>
1: He's like when you look at a bright light and then you just close your eyes, you can still see him for the
0: rest of your day. He's yeah. he's like how you see those little floaters in your eyeballs, but it's only ever out of the corner of your eye. Um no the Grunt Creep is but like he's he's kind of lost in the action, but he's strolling through as the kids are running around drinking a cup of coffee, like cause you know, the the Grunt Creep has a big day ahead. He needs to get his Java in him. <laughs> Is he creeping on other shows? I mean, probably, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, he he grunt creeps around in the mornings on Home Improvement, but then he's off to, (laughs) you know, then he's got to go creep on Coach.
1: Wait a minute. Oh, my God. Hold on. So we just hit on something all new for this grunt creep. Is the Home Improvement... We've been assuming it's been part of his body. Is that just his clothes? Can he go put on <laughs> other logos and go on other shows? <laughs> yeah, you know
0: he's the he's the Frasier creep uh, on <laughs> Frasier. He's you know he puts on an outfit that draws the outline of, of uh, Seattle, and you know and true uh, every every episode of Cheers starts with a shot of the Cheers sign. Well, is one of the cast a... members tells you it was filmed for a live studio audience. That could be him too. Now, is there an anthropomorphized logo union? Uh, well. No, but there should be, just like there isn't a union <laughs> for like uh, for like writers' assistants or you know any writers who are at my current level in the entertainment oh, industry, man. and there should be. Uh, there should also be one for creeps, but, okay, but not well, okay, not for creeps in the enter. Okay, there's a lot of <laughs> creeps in the entertainment industry who should be in a jail, but then but then the the specific the ones who are the personified embodiment of the show's title
1: they should have a union. Got it. Okay. They need health care. Well, speaking of writers, uh, Randy is now the writer of the school paper, and Brad has an idea uh, for him to write as his first story, the the <laughs> the, the long biography of Brad Taylor, uh, and Randy goes, okay, and after that sentence, <laughs> and then Mark comes in and says that he
0: could write about him, to which uh, Randy replies, uh, okay,
1: so that would just be a question mark.
0: <laughs> now, did you pick up on the double meaning there, question Mark.
1: Mark. Oh, interesting. I did not.
0: Truthfully, I did not either. My girlfriend picked up on that one, but I am (laughs) taking credit for it. But now crediting her uh, because it's against the spirit of what this episode is about. Um, I also want to call Uh, out, while we're talking about it in this scene, Jill is wearing what I call a Canadian evening gown. It is a jean dress, (laughs) top to bottom. It looks very nice. She she, She looks
1: great, but it's, you know, we have to call it what it is. Uh, Yeah, well, you know, I'm gonna take a little umbrage with that only because I have grown to really love denim and you know uh, that I often uh, pair my denim shirt with my denim jeans. I I do... Make sure that they're different colors, though. I like get okay. black jeans with a denim shirt, or uh, with a blue shirt, or vice versa. But uh, I, I've embraced the t- Canadian tuxedo.
0: Well, you're and you're working your way closer and closer to the Canadian border, so I mean, it makes it's it makes true. sense. It, the, the closer you get, the stronger the urge to to don the tuxedo grows. <laughs> what came first, the urge or the uh, the move? There, there's sure. something about the the like the the minerals or the gravitational pull of the North Pole makes people want <laughs> to uh, you know put on jeans and a jean vest. Uh,
1: Tim comes home and Randy tells him that he got a job. Uh, wor- right, uh, <laughs> he got a job working for the newspaper, and Tim says, "Oh man, so I was a newspaper man myself," and goes into this long tirade about uh, like. Okay, here's the first thing we're going to do. We're going to get you a bike, and then we're going to replace the spoilers so that you can have room for your uh, your stack of, of newspapers. You're going to make sure you want to get it at multiple speed. We're going to put a little uh, uh, card in your back bicycle. This goes... All the while, Randy's trying to interrupt him and go, Dad, 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 Dad. I'm writing for the newspaper. I'm not delivering them. And Tim goes, oh. Well, can we still get the bike? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That made me laugh. I, I just, you know... I- Timson no. he worked himself up into an enthusiasm for something and then couldn't let it go all of a sudden. That I just wish I wish there'd just
0: been a winking glance at like, oh, the fact that Brad did that like a year or two ago, like, <laughs> oh, you're doing the same thing. Well, hopefully you don't have a hard time balancing school and work. Dip, 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 no, oh, no, no 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 no, no no. <laughs> hopefully the singing Sun and Moon don't invade our
1: house. Oh God. We get a newspaper transition to the theme song. Yep. Uh, I have no notes about that because it's the same thing we've seen a million times. It, it, the same minuscule baby boys
0: <laughs> replaced by, by hulking adult men in the when the show comes back.
1: We come back to the kitchen where Randy comes home while Tim is doing the dishes. Now, see, this is where I'm like, oh, my God. We've already, we've already addressed a number of the issues the show's had before. Um, the,
0: the show was just clearing some of the old issues off the deck so it could drop a whole bunch of brand spanking new
1: issues on us. I was completely blind to the rug underneath my feet that's about to get pulled. Uh, <laughs> Randy uh, comes in and says that he's doing a story on uh, the cafeteria lady who's using the same ladle for the pork stew as she does for the vegetarian casserole. Um, thank you, Randy, for doing God's work. Yeah, when when I heard that, and, you know, then Tim is
0: like, oh, but, you know, t- the whole joke is like, oh, that's not a very big story. But I heard that, and I immediately thought of you, Landon, because I think you'd be thank very you. upset if, you're, if your vegetarian food was being cross-contaminated with meats. It's a basic respect I thing.
1: I appreciate that. This school can afford two ladles. Thank you very <laughs> much. Uh, but Tim goes, oh, what are you going to call it? Ladlegate? Um. Which, <laughs> but Randy, Randy's proud. I mean, well, what would you say? That's a I, that's a pretty good name.
0: Well, I no, I'm just saying that if any, like, if if there was something like, oh, whatever congressman signed off on a budget that that had like 10 billion dollars for the army to buy a bunch of ladles, <laughs> and that became a scandal, they would call it Ladlegate. Any kind of s- scandal is the thing central <laughs> to the scandal plus gate. So yeah, that is what they'll call
1: it, Tim. It's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Randy goes very proudly. I'm gonna blow the, the roof off this lunchroom, Dad. And Tim goes just plainly goes, I've done that. <laughs> and another joke that that really got to me. He was also like, Yeah, I blew the blew the lid off the locker room too. I blew the librarian yeah. out of the library. He he killed the joke a little bit. He could have just left it at I've done that and <laughs> he, then had Jill come in and it would have been funnier to me. But he, he
0: killed the librarian too when he blew her out of the, li- <laughs> the library. That's why he went to prison.
1: Oh uh jill comes home and uh asks tim if uh he's free on sunday uh she says that the school has a couples therapy session um tim says uh i'm busy on sunday she says good it's actually on saturday yeah (laughs) that was very good that was a very clever bit i liked i liked the the
0: little smirk that she gives him as she has outfoxed him and and trapped him
1: and I like his response to it too. It's like, oh, oh I hate when you do that to me.
0: He, he oh man, he gr- he grunt edged so hard
1: on that one. It was it was close to one, but not actually. Uh, oh, I have questions about that because I've been trying to pay better attention for the grunts to these episodes for our Chalupa Challenge. Um, that I fucked she, up by not getting the <laughs> oh rather obscure title of this episode. Yeah, it's uh, over. No one cares. But, but I, I have to redeem myself for the last couple episodes that I've I've totally blown the grunt count. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, she says it's called uh, Keeping the Magic Alive. And Tim kind of rolls his eyes at this uh, nonsense, but she she hooks him by saying, "You know, they, they say that a good marriage is uh, needs maintenance, just like uh, just like a car does." And Tim kind of his eyes light up. And goes, "Oh yeah, yeah," and. I gotta say, uh,
0: I I really liked that that in the course of this conversation, like Tim is firing on all cylinders, trying to do the shit he normally does of you know not taking an active role in the relationship and not trying to better himself. But that Jill has clearly thought this through on the way home and has <laughs> like she she definitely had the whole uh, you know it's like a car it needs maintenance thing ready, mm-hmm. and then also the trick with like what day the the seminar was on. And uh, I I don't know I just I thought I thought like I was really proud of Jill for coming up. With all these uh, elaborate <laughs> sleights of hand to get Tim to do the basic work of being a husband,
1: uh, yeah. And I actually was like on board with the show so far. I'm like, okay, Tim is you know giving his normal gripes, but we wouldn't have a show if it didn't have that. Yeah. Uh, but he's still acquiescing to the premise of this episode, which is to go to couples therapy. And I'm like, okay, great. This is gonna let's see what kind of hijinks we can get up to in therapy because that could be funny and lead to, you know, a more um, uh, different. Solution that we get to which we'll get to that in a minute. We, um, we, were, we
0: were so naive. We both had such high hopes
1: <laughs> the next scene slides into place uh, as Heidi introduces uh, Tim and Al as they come out and uh, uh, Just like you've mentioned the last couple episodes Tim doesn't have a snarky nickname for Al He just says and my assistant Al Borland. Yes, I want to point out the audience like the legitimate home improvement audience gave Richard Karn an extra big round of applause, and I loved that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like not not only in, in the realm of the show is Al more popular than Tim, but now it seems like even on <laughs> Home Improvement he's like, Richard Karn's star is rising.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know that it, it surpasses Tim Allen, because it's, uh, you know, well, it's oh, Tim Allen in Galaxy Quest, not Richard Karn, although that's an idea.
0: I, I, <laughs> what, what, just like going through every Tim Allen movie and replacing him with Richard Karn? I mean... Uh,
1: Listen, I'm not going to disparage Tim Allen. We've talked about him being a great performer. I think he did well in obviously Galaxy Quest. I think he's perfectly cast, and the Santa Claus he did a very sufficient job. Um, just as a a uh, fan of Richard Carn and uh, uh, kind of a being fascinated with alternate realities, I'd like to see that. I, I want us to all <laughs> close our
0: eyes, and no one's going to try and do an impression of this, and just. Picture Richard Karn saying to infinity and beyond. Oh, it's beautiful, oh, that, isn't it? That
1: was completely unscripted. I apologize for that noise. That, that, uh, hey, that
0: was our moment of Zen for everybody. It was both <laughs> you thinking that and then hearing Landon make that noise. <laughs> Gross. That was your, that was your um,
1: guided meditation for today. This brought you by the Headspace app. <laughs> today, they're talking about maintaining your tools in the workshop. Uh, and Tim just immediately launches into, and we're not talking about some touchy-feely marriage workshop where they force you to spill your guts. And then probably my favorite line of the show, Al just kind of pauses for a moment, looks at him, and goes, why would we? We're a tool show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, like, Al, I think Al is definitely, I mean, usually the, I, I me saying Al is the highlight is a, is a standard point on this show, but, like, this one yeah. especially, it's like, he's just so sick of Tim's bullshit today, like... <laughs> He knows what Tim is doing and does not care. Why?
1: No, don't go get the soapbox. Just (laughs) why would we talk about that? We're a tool show. Let's just talk about maintaining our tools. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so they talk about the different uh, ways that you can get off rust: uh, sandpaper, a wire brush, or a wonder bar. Wonderful (laughs) Wonderful bar. bar, Yes. Wonderful bar. And Tim goes, oh, you know what a wonderful bar is, Mike's Tavern. Yeah. Oh, and there's a, hey, you know, and there's a, also a wonderful bar outside
0: a Traverse City called the Pig's Knuckle, and you can go there. And, and I can't wait till we get that location. Yeah, I know. Serious, serious. I can't wait until until Tim feels the need to drive to Traverse City just to go get drunk. <laughs> um, I well, also, so this this bit starts with. Tim complaining about how you know doing maintenance on a marriage sucks, but you know and doing maintenance on tools is different from that but then it's like Al getting mad at him kind of like sends Tim off of and that decides, and, this is the point yeah and then and then Tim decides to just like okay, instead I'm just gonna do regular jokes about wonderful bars. <laughs> Like it just like Tim Tim's bit just
1: loses steam halfway through, and then he just decides to be generic uh, off track Tim. Yeah, because then he picks up the 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 electric sander, which he calls the nomadic sander. <laughs> yeah. Also, and, and Al is just like he he's just so done with this. I don't know, I, I don't know what the turn in Al's character is, but I love it uh, of him just going. Oh, okay. So it's a sander that walks the desert aimlessly for years <laughs> like Cain and a pneumatic through. sander. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, and this is also another thing that my girlfriend pointed out during the episode is like, well, why does Tim, Tim has used a pneumatic sander. Like the pneumatic <laughs> is a word that is frequently used in association
1: with tools. How does Tim yes. not know this word? <laughs> Well, and he, know, he knows putting too much oil in it, which is, of course, what they do, uh, is going to have the results that it does, which brings me back to an early theory I have that tool time is scripted. Yeah, that, that it's, it's the, the only explanation for it. <laughs> that it's some kind of Tim and Eric awkward
0: comedy type situation <laughs> where they just set up these little, you know, bits and sketches exactly and and you don't even realize that you're learning along the way or or it's like or it's some kind of like jiminy glick dame edna situation (laughs) where there's one outlandish character improvising and everyone else is just kind of going with what like they have normal people come on and it's like a prank show
1: almost (laughs) yeah like eric andre's talk show yes exactly Um, so uh he puts too much oil in the uh sander and uh when al steps back over uh tim turns it back on, he's like, now listen to that thing purr, and as soon as he does it, it starts spitting out oil on Al's shirt. Not necessarily a funny gag, and certainly not something we haven't seen ad nauseum in the past, but what sold this for me was the fact that for a fraction of a second... You could see Richard Karn almost break. Just a trace of a, like, because
0: cl- clearly clearly they had three shirts, and he, he laughed on the first two, and the third he was like, Mother, I cannot, I cannot laugh at this. I got to just stand here and take it. So instead, it, it just presents this idea of Al just very patiently standing there, like, like, okay,
1: the oil's squirting
0: on me. Can't do anything about it. May as well stand here.
1: And for what it's worth, it does just keep going, and that is kind of funny. yeah. Yeah, it is, a,
0: it is a ridiculous amount of oil. And also, given all the things that could have happened to Al, I mean, getting
1: oil on your shirt isn't really painful necessarily. No, so. but as we go to the next scene, which we get an oil transition to tool time after dark, uh, where Tim walks over to, to Bud Harper, um, Al does walk over in a minute. I want to go through the scene, but um, what I was thinking as soon as he was walking over with a clean shirt on was... Man, that oil probably soaked through both of his shirts, and he now just has kind of an oily skin underneath, and that would be very mm-hmm. discomforting for the rest of the day. <laughs> Al is just in the shower for, like,
0: half an hour scrubbing his chest with a with a yeah. bar of soap. Or having Eileen do it. Ooh, hello. Uh, but Tim goes I... over and is talking to Bud Harper, who is very... Sad and depressed, it's like he hasn't even—he yep. wasn't even aware that the show was being taped, basically. And Bud just kind of drops the bombshell that, "Oh yeah, no, my marriage is over. Yeah, we're we're splitting up. Yeah, yeah, no, we just stopped talking to each other. You know, we can't be saved. Nothing more important than a communication." <laughs> which is very much like, "Wow, they—they're just going for it. They're just capping this dude's, this <laughs> aspect of this dude's character for the services of a bit." But okay, <laughs>
1: seriously, and I—this I, is the point where I'm like. Oh, that seems like a, a sudden change to make in the show. I, I didn't quite catch on to where we were heading yet, but, um, y- you know, it was kind of like jarring to go from. This is the man who back in, what was it, Chicago Hope? Uh, was that the yeah. totally episode? Yeah, I was giving Tim advice. Uh, to completely ignore his wife in favor of the deal. And yeah. now we're completely on the opposite. And you know, I'm not to say that that change is impossible, but it just came out of nowhere and so complete, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, but Bud is Bud is reaping what he sowed, and he does not enjoy it
1: much. <laughs> uh, and then we get another line that I thought was really funny with uh, with Bud, who you know, not a character that I particularly liked up until now, or even now, really, but. <laughs> Um, it, it had, had a, well, get, cut him some slack, land, And His marriage just su- fell I apart have, at the speed of light. So come on. Yeah, it, give him uh, that's what makes this line so funny, which is you know, he's just kind of depressingly slopped over in a chair. And he goes, do you know what it's like to go home to your 18-room mansion with no one to share it with but your domestic staff? <laughs> <laughs> with just no sense of irony in his voice. <laughs> yeah, he says, it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, he, he says, like he just says stuff like, I took my marriage for granted and now it's over. Like, he has, it's just weird how it's not like, oh, the wife and I are having problems, grr, grr. It's just like, I'm sad and depressed, <laughs> I miss my marriage, nothing can be done to salvage it. Right, I, I, there's not any one specific thing that happened. We just weren't communicating enough. It's just, it's, it's weird the way that he's talking about <laughs> this marriage that we didn't know until now was yeah. even having any trouble is now gone beyond
1: repair. Yeah, forget it, Bud. It's Chinatown. <laughs> uh, and this is where Al walks over, and um, Bud just goes, uh, kind of excitedly, "Al, are you doing anything with your mother tonight?" And Al just kind of like is stopped in his tracks. Rightly so, because he's like not sure how to answer due uh, to Bud's past behavior
0: toward him. Yeah, Bud, who has been crueler to him—well, not crueler to him than Tim, but certainly Bud,
1: who's never particularly liked him. Yeah, and uh, he kind of just kind of stammers out with a just uh, just just bingo at the the senior center. <laughs> yeah, and Bud is uh, delighted about this. Uh, you know, he's Al invites him to come along, and he's going along full fully. You know, on board.
0: Yeah, like he he jumps up and walks out of the scene with Al, like smiling and happy and excited about it. And in that moment, I was so excited for Al, who has wanted nothing but Bud's approval for like a season or two now. And the fact, like, oh my God, maybe Al has some job security now. This is so great for Al. (laughs) And I knew that that wasn't the episode we were gonna get. But I would much rather have just had the episode be Al and his mom, like trying to be on their best behavior to impress Bud at
1: bingo night. (laughs) Well, it would be very similar to the episode we got last season where they were trying to be on their best behavior during bowling with uh, with Bud and his wife.
0: I, I suppose so, yes, but the dynamics between Al and his mom and Bud, <laughs> that's going to be way funnier. True. Yeah, no, I'm not, uh, yeah,
1: I certainly wouldn't agree, uh, and, argue
0: with that. Oh, and Landon, Landon, guess who else yeah, is at the bingo yeah. hall? It's the guys from K&B Construction, oh no! <laughs> God, we haven't seen them in a long time. No, I guess I guess their music career took off. <laughs> Or their cooking careers, <laughs>
1: they're touring touring Western Michigan right now. Uh, it's a they're long doing tour. A tour, yeah. yeah. Um, we get a Binford Bingo. Uh, apparently, Binford is producing bingo boards now. Th- then it seems um, unfair that Bud, who runs the company, would be playing. <laughs> like he probably knows all the cheat codes. Uh left, left left down right I don't know what the contra code is. Uh yeah um, no it's 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 something like that. It burned in my brain I can't recall it on uh on cue. We go to the therapy room uh at Jill's school where Tim and Jill enter to an already packed room. And now this to me was promising because
0: it's like mm-hmm. You know, I see them walking in, and like he's talking to Jill about, you know, Jill's saying thank you so much for coming. He's saying, "Well, I don't want to end up like Bud having to go hang out with Al." We, okay, well, so, okay, that he put—he works in a put-down on Al. But what yeah. like, it was like, oh,
1: Tim. But that's doing, to be expected.
0: Yeah, yeah, but like Tim doing the right thing because he saw the a negative effect that poor communication had on someone else's marriage, Tim showing that he values his marriage and wanting to do, It's like, oh, yeah. Jill didn't coerce him or trick him into Which, this. She didn't bait him with sex. It was just, oh, I want to do this because I see the negative effect if I don't.
1: And, and from a writing standpoint, I guess the spoiler alert to the rest of the episode, but we've already talked about it, that because of that fact, the person who learns a lesson at this is is the exact wrong person to learn that lesson. Yes, like, it's set up for Tim to learn that lesson. Yes, and he doesn't. But we'll get there. Yeah.
0: Um, also and even yeah. And even Tim doesn't seem to have learned the lesson very well because he. Th- then let's watch how he how he approaches therapy. This thing that he has been led to believe he needs to do.
1: Yeah. And okay. So oh, we have got to take this point by point because there's a lot to unpack. Starting right now. First uh, and most importantly, that I think is the most egregious. Uh, faux pas in this episode. Wow. Tim walks in and immediately says, look, scones. Now, listen, I'm not the writer of this episode. I didn't live in Tim Taylor's skin for six seasons of the show. Scones are not the pastry of Tim Taylor's choice. But he is a donut man to and through.
0: Okay, yes, yes. But I, I'm going to take issue with here, Landon, and, and we're going to fight about this for 45 minutes. Okay. Um, Tim t- Tim isn't saying, oh, scones, my favorite pastry, the only one I want. Tim is saying, oh, look, there's food in the room. Like, I'm sure he would have preferred donuts, but scones was all that they had. And Tim was like, oh, Son free food. Bitch.
1: Yeah. You're trying to win this argument with subtext. <laughs> yeah, thank you, I am. God damn it. Okay, fine. I concede. I ha! agree when we're in agreement.
0: Okay, uh, so best
1: show ever. But still, I, I think we can both agree that scones aren't Tim's pastry of choice. No, 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 no. T- scones
0: are too effeminate for Tim. I'm sure he has a whole thing written up about how, oh, I'm a scone. Oh, I'm from England. But uh, yeah, no, he would have preferred a donut. But in this case, he's looking for anything to take the edge off of, uh, you know, communicating oh, with his wife and being a better husband.
1: And a scone is what will do it. Okay, so uh, again, we got to take this bit by bit because there's a lot coming at us all at once here. So first, uh, one of Jill's – I think it was one of her her colleagues at the school, or it could just be someone in her therapy sessions. I'm not entirely sure. Um, She is greeted by this woman named Mary Ellen. Yes. Comes over, obviously knows Jill. And that brings us to the first of – Truman, oh my god, sir, brush up on your ER skills, because we have got a character actor corner, were they in ER, metagame, uh, hollabalooza today. A I mean, we have is, s- that, is that, like, ho- a hullabaloo
0: at Lollapalooza? Because that... <laughs> I don't know how people could handle that.
1: Lollapalooza is trademarked. I didn't want to get uh, sued by them. Oh, I see. Uh, And it was a hullabaloo, for sure. And I was just making a a festival out of our character actors by saying there's a lot of hullabaloo at this festival. it's it's, a hullabaloo. It's hullabaloo's happening on multiple stages at once, like the way they do Lollapalooza. Oh. Mary Ellen is played by Ada Maris, and she has 33 credits before Home Improvement. She appeared in *The Cosby Show*, *Night Rider*. Uh, she was on a television show called *Nurses* for 68 episodes, Oh. and appeared in uh, the the Rob Lowe, Jim Belushi uh, about last night movie uh, okay. from the 80s that uh, that people tend to love. Um, <laughs> after I haven't seen it, so I can't speak. To it. <laughs> people
0: uh, tend to love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, what can I say? after home improvement she was on nash bridges texas or walker texas ranger uh, star trek enterprise oh now here are your clues sir she was not on nypd blue cheers or Frasier. was uh, she on
0: er sir it's a shame that her last name is maris and she wasn't on Frasier. she was not on <laughs> er you are correct she was not on er boom Boom. That's C- it. Congratulations. What, what you got? Yeah, I did brush up on my <laughs> were they on ER or not game you did. as wow, you can I'm see. I am surprised.
1: Yeah. <laughs> don't <laughs> Hey, you know, don't I, underestimate I, 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 me. I want to I want to say i mean, going through the character actors this week and maybe this is tipping my hand to some of the other ones in this episode. Um I was shocked to find how accurate your gauge of were they on NYPD blue tends to be. Yeah, it's it's a pr- I feel like those shows were produced by some of the same people or at least had the same casting director. Like there is but I just I want to tip my hat to you, sir. That was a a bit of insight that I'm surprised at. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Norm, normally I don't expect you to be very insightful with what with all your <laughs> what with all your talk about boners and wieners and stuff. But occasionally,
1: no. <laughs> it's just something that I wouldn't. It's not something that most people would have thought of as a determining factor. It seems like it's plucked out of midair, but it it seems to have some basis to it. So, like, good for you. I, I really uh, I, I admire that. Well, thank you, Landon. Much like Liam Neeson's in the movie Taken,
0: I have a very specific set of skills. Um, these <laughs> skills are of no use if someone kidnaps my daughter. But God help me if the terrorists want to know if a certain actor was on ER or not and are willing to provide me with their other IMDb credits. Well, we have
1: plenty of others to go through in this episode, uh, which well, we'll be getting to very shortly. Well, they so, made plenty um, of
0: Taken movies,
1: so I'm ready. <laughs> We'll see how this holds up. Uh, Back to the scene. Mary Ellen greets Jill and Tim, uh, and Tim starts, you know, showing his apprehension a little bit, and Jill's kind of wishy-washy about Tim being there, as as happy as she is that he is. And Mary Ellen's like, "Oh, this this guy's fantastic." Talking about the the uh, the doctor who's going to be leading the therapist that's going to be leading this, saying that you know, in the first hour, he had my husband in the fetal position, sobbing like a baby, (laughs) and. This was my first indication where I was like, oh, that's not how therapy should be depicted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But then, you know, uh, she did kind of follow it up by saying, you know, uh, just be open and honest and, you know, you'll get through this. I'm like, okay, well, that's that's therapy. That's fine. We're good. You know, we'll, we'll get through this. <laughs> be open and <laughs> honest premise. and you'll get through this episode, yeah. <laughs> Um but the, the Tim's response to being open and honest is putting a name tag on that says, uh hello, my name is Al. <laughs> because
0: because I guess Tim Tim knows something about himself and is really suspecting that he's going to start crying
1: and he can't he can't control that. So Tim acknowledges that there's trauma deep down. True. Uh and I also want to just point to the fact that uh Hello, my name is Al is the name of the sitcom that we were all denied. <laughs> either that or you can call me al either one (laughs) uh we get a nerf bat transition you know how they use nerf bats uh that's that's one of the the cliches of couples therapy oh yes um we get a nerf bat transition to a little bit later where the entire group is uh in a circle now and uh, we're doing an exercise to get to know each other um the doctor says uh let us know something um that you might not know about me uh he wants you to say, something you might not know about me is, and then reveal something deep and intimate about yourself. Yeah. And uh, Tim is kind of fixated with uh, uh, twiddling with something on this uh, the sign um, that kind of advertises the room. Yeah, like the and easel the or something. Pick, and <laughs> doctor picks up on this and says, Tim, why don't you go first?
0: Yeah. And Tim, like, he doesn't even – like, I, I don't even have written down
1: what Tim said. Like, he, he... – Like what his thing was, okay, Tim. Why don't you go first? And uh, Tim, why don't you go first? Uh, Let us know something uh, that we might not know about yourself. And Tim just goes, "Hmm, okay. Where did you get your degree?" (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's just bask in that silence for a second. That's all. That's all it deserves. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. yeah, uh, I don't want to be too critical, but like even as a joke, it's it's this is where that was the moment where I'm like, oh, that just had the like dull thud of a joke of season three, where it's like that's not even a joke, that's just lazy manhood writing, you know, it, like it, this is just making a point that. Therapy is stupid and Tim doesn't want to be there. It, it
0: is the exact same energy as the dancing lessons where Tim yes. goes and does the thing that Jill wants to do, but not wanting to be there, then decides that he's going to make it about ruining it as much as he yeah. can. Yes. So uh, so the Doctor.
1: Yeah. Oh, and, and we should we should go into uh, another character actor corner with the Doctor. Uh, character actor Jim Jansen plays Dr. Emery. Mm. He has 132 credits. Okay, all right. So that's a lot of credits. That is before a lot of Home Improvement. He appeared on Charlie's Angels in the movie Tootsie, Remington oh. Steel Highway to Heaven, Amazing Stories, Who's the Boss, New Heart, Mr. Belvedere, <laughs> Streaks on the China. Uh, okay, okay. L.A. <laughs> Law, Growing Pains, Death Becomes Her, a movie that I love, and I, I will stick up for that movie till the end of time. Uh, the Fresh Prince of Belair after Home Improvement <laughs> the, the, the Fresh Prince of Belair the fr- <laughs> Who's Blair? <laughs> he's he's the Fresh Prince <laughs> He's the, the person that the Fresh Prince is of
0: <laughs> Did you hear my joke landing with a dull thud? <laughs> I've come here to your podcast and I'm just going to ruin it at every opportunity. Okay, but so <laughs> he, was in, he was in a real who's who of 80s content like yeah. the most 80s and- of things
1: and 90s of things. Um, after Home Improvement, he was on Deep, Star, uh, Deep Space Nine uh, in the movie Liar Liar on the TV show Step by Step, uh, The X-Files, and Third Rock from the Sun. Here's some clues for you. He was on NYPD Blue. Okay. He was not on Frasier or Cheers. Uh, he was on ER. <laughs> i wish I'd, i probably tipped my hand too much uh speaking about it earlier yeah, you did but you snossed and you lost i'm gonna i need every bit of help i can get
0: fair okay yes i have a very specific a t- set of skills
1: <laughs> and that set of skills isn't knowing how to read between the lines when someone's tipped their hand uh In 2000, he was an episode uh, of ER called Sand and Water from Season 7 where he played a neonatologist. Hmm. I think a neonatologist, actually. Uh, uh, No, it's
0: a neonatologist. (laughs) No, it's a neonatologist. He was like a Nazi, dude. You can't (laughs) eat... We can't talk about that episode.
1: He's a neonatologist, is the person who specifies in removing the shards of people who've been hurt by neon signs.
0: Well, you, I'm surprised. Like, I'm surprised he's not working in Vegas. I feel like that's where most of the
1: business would be for that particular field of study. <laughs> Didn't say that he wasn't. Mm. He's a specialist called in to ER uh, from <laughs> Vegas for that episode.
0: Wow! Wow! That one of these days we got to do a podcast about er and try and guess if any of the character actors were on home improvement
1: <laughs> dear god no because that's an hour-long episode <laughs>
0: and that and that was on way longer than home improvement
1: <laughs> we would be doing that for 12 years uh doing five hours per episode so let's not do that 12 years of podcast okay continue um we're back to the scene where uh the doctor says okay uh let's start with howard and he turns to uh a uh uh, what do you call it? I was going to say a client but maybe I, it's a client. I, an attendee I don't know like attendee yeah, yeah someone who's clearly worked with him before He he's a star student if you will replace student with whatever the term is for patient is the word I was looking for there yes, we go yes uh, that's how my mind works. It's a roulette wheel of words that I can't stop. Uh, <laughs> and often the ball lands on the wrong word.
0: Yeah, and you are you are always betting on black, and it never lands on that one.
1: Never. Never does. Uh, let's start with Howard. And uh, Howard starts by saying, okay, uh, my name is Howard, and something you might not know about me is when I was in the third grade, I uh, – uh, and then he starts crying – Sobbing and uncontrollably, he, <laughs> sobbing uncontrollably, and then says something inaudible, and I was I was conflicted with this moment because it was a really funny performance, yes. But what he's at this moment, I'm just like, oh, the writers are thinking therapies. They're just presenting therapy as just a cry session. Yeah, it's just where so it's was, where
0: damaged people go to all cry and yeah. and
1: you know, and be be big babies basically. And I, I just okay so maybe this is a good point to bring this up uh now that I've moved across the country um I've had to part ways with my therapist due to insurance reasons
0: sorry and that uh, sucks you know
1: it, it is what it is uh, I will seek therapy again when I you know feel it's the time but um for those of you who've never been to therapy I didn't cry once in any session I've ever had with her it doesn't have to be that sort of thing yeah when, so I'm just I'm just trying to give a different example of what this uh show is trying to depict when
0: i first started going to therapy a reason that it uh, that i like like between when the opportunity was offered to me and when i accepted it was like six months and a big part of it was that i was scared that i would get into the session sit down the therapist would say what's your name and i would just begin sobbing and like this torrent of like of long suppressed like uh, horrible things <laughs> would come flowing out of me. And that did not, that was not the the case. I
1: could count on yeah. one
0: hand, the number of times I cried
1: in therapy or at, and thus far. How, how much was, you know, it shows like this that set that expectation for you before going in. Oh, Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. I mean, yeah, you know, right. yeah, yeah. So I think it's important that we set a, a slightly different example of what reality might be. This it, is counter programming. <laughs> counter programming. The, the thing is like, it's, not It's not even funny. I mean, like, the premise is just, it's a simple premise that's too easy to make jokes about and Yeah, relying on stereotypes. So that's why I don't find it funny. Yes. Yeah, you know, okay. there there's a little sitcom
0: that made a lot of awesome jokes about therapy, and I think <laughs> you might know what it's called.
1: New Heart. <laughs> okay,
0: so, uh, <laughs> so let's continue okay. then.
1: Let's continue with another character actor corner. We're going into Howard here. And now, Truman... Sherman, sir. Landon, Landon. You know me. Yes, I, a little bit. A little bit. We, we've been doing this for a while. You know where my interests are. Yes. And, uh, what giallo movie was this guy in? (laughs) Excuse me for my creaking bones as I get down on the floor and bow down to horror royalty. Really? Yes. Uh, Sherman Howard is playing Howard with 117 credits. Obviously most well-known for playing Bub in Day of the Dead. Oh, wait, he is, the, the smarter-than-average zombie Bub? Yes! Oh, I've heard of him. Okay, all right. See, someone who's even un, unacquainted with the genre as a whole, uh, you know of Bub. Bub is the character from the Dawn of the Dead, uh, Night of the Living Dead films that lives on. Yeah, yeah, he yeah he continued, more so than any of the humans in those movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, wearing the... the um, the Walkman and doing the salute. Bub Yes yeah. Bub. Yeah, Sherman sh- Howard is here.
0: Okay, okay. That's a pretty big get for Home Improvement.
1: Uh, he was also in Tales from the Dark Side. Uh, Ryan's Hope with uh, with Earl Hinman. Max Headroom, Dallas. K-9 with John Belushi. Uh, an episode of Miami Vice. He was on Lethal Weapon 2, L.A. Law. Freddy's Nightmares. <laughs> uh, Baywatch, Elf, The Next Generation, Quantum Leap, Seinfeld, The Stand... Deep Space Nine, after Home Improvement, uh, he has done a lot of voices for animation and video games. He was on an episode of Walker, Texas Rangers, Star Trek Mm -hmm. Voyager, Charmed, Malcolm in the Middle. Here are your clues, sir. He was not on NYPD Blue. Okay. And he was not on Cheers or Frasier.
0: Oh, man. Oh, boy. Um, That's a lot of credits. And that being said, hmm... I'm going to say he was on ER based on the sheer number of credits that he had.
1: Wow. So you're going against your your guessing device here, which is he was not on NYPD Blue, but you're still saying yes. NYPD Blue is a very good indicator, but it's not the end-all be-all. Son of a bitch, dude. You are right. He was on an episode of ER in 1997, Season 4, Episode 1. Uh, oddly... It was an episode featuring a documentary crew following the ER around, uh, and also had a bite victim in it. What? Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Like people, <laughs> they had to have written that on yeah, purpose.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's no that's no accident that it happened that way. Um, that is amazing. I feel really good about that. I have a specific set of skills, and I'm believing in them more and more with each one I
1: get right. Uh, back to the scene, uh, Howard is crying, and Tim tries to break the awkwardness by offering him a scone. Yeah. Um, and that's that. Yeah. So then Anything we, else about that scene? Uh, no, no, not, I think you covered it pretty well.
0: So from there, we go, d- transition to the same spot where, uh, yep. there's a guy talking about repressed anger, and, you know, you need to open up about angry moments that you've been holding on to for a long time, and, uh, the, um... I guess this is the the doctor leading the session. He asks Tim mm-hmm. to talk about uh, some repressed anger and a thing that made him really. He, he angry. asks
1: the group, "Does anyone have? Uh, does it, anyone want to share an angry moment?" And this yeah. is where Tim, like, enthusiastically raises his hand to to share. Yeah. And he tells this
0: whole story about how he went to the. He needed new windshield wipers for his Mustang, and he goes to the auto parts store and he buys some windshield wipers that say they work on any Ford, but then he brings them back, and even though it's a Mustang, which sounds like a Ford to you, doesn't it? Oh, but they're snap ons and they won't clip on the way that I need them to. And I try to take them back, and they won't take them and give me my money back because they're used. And he, like, leans back and sighs heavily and says how great it is to get that off his chest. And the audience is just going nuts and like (laughs) clapping like standing ovation
1: like this is the funniest thing they've ever heard (laughs) and i gotta be honest i was confused in this moment because i hadn't quite caught on to the fact of you know how far in this anti-therapy direction we were going so when this moment played out i i did think it was like it was a funny performance but i wasn't quite sure if even tim allen knew exactly what they were trying to say with that moment if it was going to be like parody of therapy or just his general <laughs> tim taylor incompetence not understanding the moment like what what's the joke there
0: well we should make a, at first you should make a sitcom that is full of good therapy jokes and call it parody of therapy because that's a really good name <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like not really clear, like, like this is just like the most obvious joke that Tim could have made in these
1: circumstances. And it's like, I don't know but it, if, it, if, if it was Tim making the joke because he just, he, the character is missing the point. I think that's kind of funny. And I think that his performance of it is funny, but it just doesn't quite land on any specific mark because I don't think that it's clear where the intention is quite yet.
0: Because he's made clear that he doesn't take this seriously and does not plan to engage with the process. But then in this case, <clears> it <throat> seems like he is engaging with the process and speaking honestly from a place of truth about something that made him angry.
1: Right. I mean, like, which we would be funny. And that would yeah. be funny if, if that's just kind of how he interpreted it. Uh, like genuinely interpreted it. But I don't think that the the script or honestly, you know, the performers quite know that. And, and now here's what... Here's what happened. The, 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 in in,
0: in credit to the show, though, the next joke after that did get me, where Tim says, it's great to get that off my chest. The, the therapist says, what does that have to do with your marriage? And Tim goes, well, I was married at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay, you know what? Yeah, Credit
1: where credit is due. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: we get a windshield wiper transition to a little bit later in the session. Uh, Howard is still crying. And, um, th- suddenly, uh, the, the doctor asks, um, Tim, do you feel Jill lives up to your expectations? And <laughs> Tim, Tim gives a, an answer here. Uh, well, he <laughs> says, yeah, she's a great wife and mother, uh, but steer clear of her lasagna though. Um, which is, you know, yeah, I, is what it is. Yeah. It's par for the course. I'm not going to fault Tim for that. Anyway, I mean, we've like, been over why that's wrong. The nineties are all about you know, making your wife makes bad food jokes. Uh, You know, it's up there with mother-in-law jokes to a degree. You know, so, like, whatever. It is what it is. Um, But Jill takes umbrage with this and says that uh, she feels like she has to spell everything out for Tim. And she explains this through an anecdote of being on vacation and walking with Tim on a full moon night and turning to him and saying, I never thought I could love anyone as much as I love you. And he turns to her and says, do you think they rent dune buggies here?
0: <laughs> I want to very quickly point out as an aside that when I wrote that down in my notes, I capitalized the D on dune buggies. So I'm, I'm still keeping the faith for, uh, for the dune movie coming out. Um, but yeah, so she tells this story of a, a very sweet moment, uh, her making herself emotionally available to Tim and kind of putting herself out there. And Tim is clearly just not listening and not paying attention and doesn't reciprocate this very sweet thing she said to him.
1: Yeah, which already this is where it starts to get contrived to me because I'm like, unless Tim is actively distracted with trying to you know uh, make a deal in the you know lobby of the hotel that they're staying at and has to kind of play both sides of the situation, that is not something he would distractedly ignore. Like it, the show has proven that Tim is a loving caring husband, uh, in the moments where it counts.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And, you know, and
0: at the same time, though, the show has also proven that Tim is a pretty, like, he's really bad about a lot of things, like being being emotionally available and about recognizing other people's emotions and making other people feel seen. So I can also still believe he would, like, on the one hand, it's out of character, but on the other hand, it kind of is in character for Tim.
1: I don't, I, I, I kind of disagree here. I, you know, I at the end of every episode, once Tim realizes the ramifications that his actions have had on a character, even if it was a Deus Ex Machina by the screen, uh, you know the the writers of the episode, he does kind of set things aside and go, yeah, "Okay, fine. You know, I I love you. Obviously, I love you. I love the kids. Whatever the case might be, he acquiesces to the moment." I don't think there is a scenario, at least what she's painting out here, of him. Uh, that he would say that. I mean, it's it's so blatantly against him being, you know, redeemable as a character. Okay,
0: well, you know what? Uh, I I agree that it does run against him being redeemable as a character, but then look, get ready for what comes. I mean, go ahead and defend him now well, while you can, because we're about to cross the Rubicon here.
1: <laughs> well, and that's my point, is that this is a moment, this is like one of the first moments where I feel like, just like they did with Bud, they're just making a point for the... Only this episode and kind of throwing out all of the character development that we've had up to this point just for the sake of this episode, which is bothersome to me. Yeah, well, look, it
0: certainly is like – I agree that this episode makes a lot of really kind of sloppy gestures with uh, with characters' histories and what characters would actually do. So, uh, you know what, in, in the interest of us getting on the part that really pissed me off, I will grant you okay. this one, Landon, okay. although I could <laughs> still see
1: Tim doing that. Let me just put a a mark, a check on my my marker board for a point in my column. You you have a very specific set of skills as well. Good for you.
0: <laughs> so anyway, like you know, the therapist asks Jill, "Well, how did you feel at that moment?" She says, "All alone." And and you know, how would would you like to respond to that, Tim? And Tim says, "If I did, I'm afraid I'd be driving home all alone." But everyone is like, "No, Tim, you you know, come on, respond. That's what we're here to do." And so, Tim says. I feel like Jill is demanding all the time. I feel like she expects me to know what she's feeling all the time, but because I'm not plugged into the psychic friends network, I can't predict what she's
1: feeling. Um,
0: You know, and
1: and specifically, because this plays into the rest of the episode, and when I can't, she gets critical. Yes.
0: And now I will first say that in couples therapy, that is a perfectly valid thing to say and to bring up, because it's about expressing your feelings openly and working through them. And... I will also say, so Jill's response to this, okay, so Jill responds by, she she gets defensive and starts kind of, kind of you know, uh, like, criticizing Tim and going after Tim. Well, okay, criticizing Tim, I'm walking right into the trap of this episode. But she's, like, get, <laughs> getting angry. She gets and a little defensive. She gets yeah. defensive and going after Tim, and the therapist is trying to, like, rein her in from doing that. And it's like, okay, well, you know, that's, like, again, that's... I thought, okay, that's an interesting development. That Jill, even in this psychological setting, even though she is so proud of her degree and the learning that she's put into mm-hmm. this, you know, that this is part of the process, and she's engaging in the
1: process the same way a lot of people would, where they respond when they're getting uh, criticized. And so, I thinking that before before we go too far, I just want to interject by saying that it could still be an interesting and funny episode yes. to watch Jill grapple with. Her issues, yes, if they were founded in any kind of reality of you know, yeah, I think we even did that early on when she was first starting to go to school. Yeah, Tim was feeling a little threatened by her, you know, intellect. Yeah, and wondering if they were. I think that's valid too. Like that would have been an interesting premise to to have Joe's Jill's hubris come out in this moment of an environment uh, and surrounded by people who are emotionally as tuned in as she is. Yeah. To show her flaunting something that is true to her character. But what comes out, well, I'll let you take the reins and I'm going to sit back in my chair here because I I need some distance from this. I I just,
0: like, I I completely agree. Like, this, this episode, like, everything up until now, if they'd gone from this and then just have Tim and Jill work through this issue in therapy and have jokes along the way, but have them both hear each other out and both talk and come to a mutual understanding that would have been great but instead what happens is that you know they ask for Tim's perspective on all this after after they've kind of pulled Jill back and and kept kept her from getting too defensive and Tim is explaining like well that bed and breakfast that you took me to didn't have any tv and we went on indie weekend and all of a sudden everyone in the room is looking at Jill like you made your husband go on vacation during the indianapolis 500 and she's like well that's the only time we could i could get a reservation for us and she's oh well now, then you I shouldn't have of, gone one
1: of one of the <sighs> Details. I don't, I don't mean to be criticizing of you, obviously, but I think the detail that bothered me most about this was it wasn't even the men in the room. Like, that yeah. would have been par for the course for Home Improvement if, you know, they just suddenly drew lines in the sand and the men in the room go, you went on Indie Weekend? I'm surprised you even went. The writers had all of the women go, you made him go on Indie Weekend? Yeah. You are the luckiest woman in the world that he even went. Uh, Yeah, a
0: a woman said that to Jill, that she's the luckiest woman in the world to be married to Tim. And that, I think, is what made this episode so viscerally upsetting for me, is it's like, like... it's watching Jill in on her turf, in her surroundings, like sur- surrounded by people who are either licensed therapists or people who believe in the process of therapy, and all of them turning their guns oh. on her and demolishing her for expressing a a completely legitimate view, uh, you know, in a in a you know in a therapeutic setting, and also expressing just a legitimate view as a person that like, hey, my husband, like doesn't listen to me and behaves in a boorish and callous fashion and everyone else saying like, well, you should just be thankful that even hangs out with your with your boring ass on (laughs) on the day
1: that that cars race (laughs) around a track 500 times. Where where's Dr. Emery here to rein in the rest of the group for criticizing her?
0: Exactly. Like a room full of people going after her and the therapist is just standing there like, well, nothing to see here. Just one of my patients
1: being torn (laughs) apart by a crowd. Mob mentality (laughs) works great. If she wasn't so defensive, maybe she'd have a case here, but I kind of agree with everybody else. Oh, God. And so,
0: yeah, and so the scene ends with everybody in the room attacking Jill when this interchange began with Jill talking about how she told Tim, I don't think I could love anyone as—or I never thought I could love anyone as much as you, and Tim spurning that, and then it turns into everyone telling Jill she's too critical of Tim, (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, so and, and this, and we'll take stock and here. So we have all of that, plus just the general depiction of therapy as a kind of sissy cry session, uh, you know, sort of mentality, which the combination of the two things at this point, I'm just like... I was looking around to, you know, over my shoulder next to people who weren't there of like, are you seeing this? Is this really happening? This is season six of a show, you know, appearing in 1996, and this is what we're looking at? I Yeah, it like, and the thing about it is that, again,
0: like, I, you know, you were defending Tim earlier and his behavior oh, in this episode. Man. But, like, that's the thing, though. Tim himself, like, Tim isn't being... Like, I, th- I guess the thing that's upsetting me, it's not even necessarily that Tim is doing something bad, but that the whole universe of the show
1: is now yeah. saying that for Jill that's, to criticize that's, Tim is the problem. Like, it's its the- why it feels mean-spirited, because it, it feels like they pulled the rug out from underneath the character of Jill, who, despite everything that is built up against her, you know, granted this isn't her show, it's, it's you know, we do have to acknowledge that it is a show based on Tim Allen and Tim the Tool Man Taylor, but... It unfairly goes against everything that the show has set up over the last five seasons for her character to turn everything against her. You know, turn the thing that she's, you know, broken away from the home to go further herself, uh, you know, for a job, to study, to, you know, do all of this stuff. And then suddenly that very thing is the thing that makes her question her own confidence and her own abilities and her own character. Yeah. Yeah, that just was like a gut punch that I was, I, I find a little unforgiving.
0: It, it was, you know, and I, I. <laughs> I know that I, that an outsider can look at what we do on this show and say, you guys are, like, applying a microscope to this goofy 90s sitcom. No one, like, you know, nobody intended it to mean anything, and no one intended it to be scrutinized this much, et cetera, et cetera. And, like, you know, so, uh, that that's a debate for another time. But, like, just what is being shown in this episode is so, like genuinely liked it like the other stuff it's like oh okay tim you know tim insults jill's cooking all the time it's a dick move it sends a bad message whatever this is like actively kind of upsetting <laughs> that just yeah, that agreed. she is alone in the world and that and that the very that her feelings are invalid
1: basically is what this what this episode says <laughs> and i to, think i think it goes one worse than that but we'll, we'll see how that plays out in the following yes. scenes here uh, we get a tissue transition from the, the workshop to the backyard where Jill is uh, uh, banging on a, a, <laughs> a pizza box trying to get it in the trash can. And the truest thing, I mean, surprisingly in this episode of all episodes, <laughs> Very the, truest, the truest thing that's ever been spoken on the face of the planet, I don't think there's been a, a more accurate statement ever uttered she she yells at at the pizza box saying the pizza's round the garbage can is round why can't the box be round i when she said that it
0: it was beautiful because it a it distracted me from having to watch the episode because i was yeah. having an epiphany but then also it was like that's a really deep good point like that's a that's a deep thoughts with jack handy situation i, I don't know i i was i was floored by that are you are you uh, majoring I, in
1: psychology or philosophy jill <laughs> uh i don't know but uh, like that is something someone who unfortunately eats more pizza than i should i struggle with that every single time i get a pizza where it's just like i you're making me have to roll this into like it's a rug <laughs> roll it up so that it fits inside of my pizza in my my garbage can why isn't this round i don't want to dwell on this. If, if pizza if, just, if pizza didn't true. include a challenge like it wouldn't it wouldn't be as delicious if you didn't if it was not true. a trial associated with it <laughs> Uh, Wilson notices she's beating on this box, and uh, says, "Hey, uh, it seems like you have more troubles than a pizza box. What's going on?" Yeah, and they talk a little
0: bit, and she explains about how the session went and how it ended with everybody ganging up on her and saying that she's too critical and too demanding.
1: And then in- she'll starts to question herself and saying, "You know, you know, am I too demanding?" Wilson, tell me, am I too demanding? And Wilson's like, well, uh, she's like, come on, I don't have all day. Yeah, and uh, basically. Which is is not a level of impatience Jill has ever had until this
0: point. No, Jill, if anything, has been extremely patient, as evidenced by the fact that she's been married to Tim for Truman. 17 years.
1: Some of the blocking in the scene, I, oh. you kind of focus on the positive, if you will. <laughs> Accentuate <laughs> the positive. Some of the the blocking in the scene I really enjoyed though, because as she's talking to Wilson and kind of working out this issue that shouldn't exist, uh, she she walks over to the lawn chair and lays down on it like it's a, a therapy couch, which I thought was kind of a, a fun bit of blocking. I want yeah. I don't know who to attribute that to, but I want to think it was Patricia Richardson or Sigmund um, Freud. <laughs> Uh, and Wilson gives some of the the chinsiest advice he's ever given which is well you know uh, because Jill says I don't know how to change and Jill's uh, Wilson's like yeah
0: well no but I mean like like, at this point Jill has basically said what you know she's just like based on you know her, her being you know saying well hurry up I haven't got all night here Jill realizes oh my god I am too demanding and critical I'm being so I'm being so shrewish she uses the word shrewish to refer to herself so that you know that's That's like watching her internalize the gaslighting that's been applied to her. So we've watched this, and now Wilson has an opportunity as the kind of uh, moral
1: and intellectual center of the show (laughs) to steer her away. And instead, he gives her the fortune. I mean, like, as far as advice goes that he's given on the show, this is like pulling it out of a fortune cookie, which is the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Like, what does that have to do with anything Wilson. <laughs> I mean, it seems like insurmountable change for her to go and change to, to be not judgmental and criticizing of Tim. So what is that first step? Well, I got to go apologize to Tim is what she draws from that. So, yeah. So. Which, in and of itself, could be an interesting episode that Jill has to go apologize. I want to see I, that.
0: I, Landon, but,
1: I think we have, though. I
0: feel like there was an episode somewhere in there where Jill actually did the wrong thing, and and, and in, a leg- in a legitimate sense, unlike this, and she and the the arc of the episode is her realizing she did the wrong thing and has to apologize to Tim, and I'm not saying it was executed perfectly. It was certainly better than this, but um, I like we've yeah. Anyway,
1: you know what you know what? here I want to break this up because uh, <laughs> we're we're going down some negative roads here. Um, before we go to the 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 scene where. You know, she has to go apologize. Let's go into a character actor corner that uh, we have a few other character actors we missed. Um, I feel like that might bring the energy up a little bit. Yes, of course. Uh, Okay, Susan Krebs played Sandy. She has 91 credits. These are all people that were in part of the the workshop. Yes. Um, Before Home Improvement, she was on M.A.S.H., Columbo, The Waltons. She was on (laughs) E.R., Emergency Room. (laughs) Oh, The, the 1980s one. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. The Jeffersons, Valerie, which I just mentioned um, uh, earlier in the episode, Newhart, Murphy Brown, Matlock, L.A. Law, Doogie Hauser, Family Matters, Roseanne, Full House, Holy Cow. She has been working quite a bit. After Home Improvement, she was on The Secret World of Alex Mack, which oh, I right. had forgotten about All right, those, <laughs> those <laughs> until se- now. Those computer effects look
0: real good when you come back at them now.
1: <laughs> Maybe not, but uh, that was like the exact right age uh, for my teenage hormones. Uh, mm. So that's all I'm going to say about that show. She was on The Nanny, Ally McBeal, Party of Five. Uh, see two seconds ago when I talked about hormones. Um, <laughs> the West Wing, Mad Men, Shameless. Truman, here are your clues. Uh, Susan Krebs was not on an episode of NYPD Blue, Frasier, or Cheers. Was she on ER? Yes, she was on ER because she was on Doogie Howser and a lot of other prestige dramas at the time. <laughs> God damn! So, despite your your NYPD Blue thing, twice in a row, it, it, you're going to go against your it, own it, indication. It's, it's not the end all, be all, you know. Okay, all right, all right. Yes, she was on ER. Playing a transplant surgical nurse in season three, episode twenty, called Random Acts. Wait, this only happens when I've blown.
0: I'm dancing right now. This only happens when I've blown <laughs> the title in a way that I can't. Uh, you know that I can't come back. That's only when I get my A game on. You, you people you, are never you getting your. You are your running
1: 100%. You're batting uh, 1.00 for uh, for the ER game this episode. I'm shocked, and with this many. That's that is astonishing. Those statistics are impressive, sir. I've I've I'm kind of you
0: know achieving the singularity. I'm like Neo at the end of the Matrix. I can't be killed. I look around and all I can see are IMDb credits. And like I I see a human walking towards me. I don't see their
1: face. I just see they're either green if they were on ER or red if they're not. Most people are red. Right, we got two more. Two more. Nancy Linari as Clarice, 107 credits. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before Home Improvement, Remington Steel. uh, Elf, Freddy's Nightmares. (laughs) Matlock, uh, she played Morticia on the short-lived Addams Family uh, TV show that came out after the new movies did. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, she was, uh, done voice acting on Animaniacs. She was on Step by Step. After Home Improvement, she has done very, uh, many animated, uh, TV shows and video game voices. Uh, she was on Married with Children, Beverly Hills, 90210. Here are your clues, sir. She was not on Cheers, mm-hmm. but she was on an episode of Frasier. Mm-hmm. Uh, season four, episode fourteen, uh, to kill a talking bird. Oh yeah, where <laughs> Niles can't remove remo- the bird from the top of his head while uh, entertaining guests. That's a funny episode. Yes, it's a great episode. Uh, she was on not one but two episodes of NYPD Blue. Was she on ER? I'm less. Oh man, the tension! I could
0: feel it in the air. I'm I'm, I'm less <laughs> certain about this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes on this one.
1: To er wow dude apparently just a really bad episode of home improvement is all you need to give you the fuel I, uh for the I, er game if only if i'd
0: gotten the title if 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 the fans got chalupas off this fucking episode oh boy that would have
1: been that would have been priceless it really would have been an episode for the ages she was on er in the same week as this episode of home improvement what oh my god what a big week for her this episode aired on October 1st. The episode of ER aired on October 3rd. Uh, she played Elizabeth Puro in Season 3, Episode 2, titled Let the Games Begin. We have one more character actor, sir. I'm sure the listeners are so entertained by just a list of, of titles. I, but they are entertained by me just demolishing
0: all of this. You know, it's like watching, uh, watching Mozart in his prime. I was, trying to think of a, right. I was trying to think of an athlete who was really good, but I could not think of one. So instead, I'm the Mozart sure. of guessing
1: if people were on ER. This is this is for all the marbles. I, I you know this will salvage this episode for me if uh, if you get this. Rick Fitz as Dave, 123 credits. Mm-hmm. Okay, before Home Improvement, he was on General Hospital. Lou Grant, the Mary Tyler Moore spinoff, uh, Different Strokes, which I didn't realize was spelled with an apostrophe in the middle of different. How did you not know that? That's pretty I obvious. You know, you can't uh, miss that, that apostrophe. I just, I guess, I've never seen it spelled out. He was on the Facts of Right, uh, Facts of Life, <laughs> Night Rider. The Facts of Right, starring Robin Wright. <laughs> uh, I would watch that show. Moonlighting, uh, the A Team. I know that's a favorite of yours. Mm hmm uh next generation get a life which was a oh yeah chris Elliott. favorite of mine yeah uh hang in with mr cooper lois and clark the new adventures of superman mm-hmm. uh fresh prince of belair <laughs> an episode of seinfeld
0: i it's extra funny because there's a mystery science theater episode where there's an a- alien race called the belarians uh, who are like sexy <laughs> ladies who dance like they're in a pantene pro v commercial but go on
1: I I would love the Balerians to just be a a race of aliens who dance like Carlton. In space, no one can hear uh, you listen to It's Not Unusual by Tom Jones. (laughs) After Home Improvement, uh, he appeared on Roseanne, Chicago Hope, Star Trek Voyager, an episode of Friends, Nip Tuck, Bones, and Modern Family. Here are your clues. He was not on Cheers. Mm Mm-hmm. He was in an episode of Frasier. Okay. Season 10. Episode 10. Wow. We Two Kings, where uh, it's a Christmas episode where Frasier and Niles are arguing over who should host Christmas. Ah, yes. Trying to bribe Marty. Yes. Uh, And he was on an episode of NYPD Blue. Sir, was he on ER? Yes, he was on ER. For all the marbles. All or nothing. He was not on ER. Fuck. Oh,
0: God damn. Oh, man. Okay. I.
1: This is, is going to be the worst episode of Grunt
0: Work of your life. <laughs> this is the worst episode. I, I was wearing a hat. I took it off and I threw it across the room. I was wearing a hoodie. I've also taken that off and thrown it across the room. I will continue to take off articles of clothing and throw them across the room. Woo-hoo! This is – yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank thank you. Thank you, Full House audience. Um, this This is upsetting. This whole thing – I feel like I'm cursed to roll the boulder of trying to guess if people were on ER or not up and down a hill. But look, we're God. we're getting long in the tooth. I can, I can hear you. I can audibly hear you covering your face. <laughs> you can you can hear me rubbing my eyes and and hating my life. Well, look, <laughs> we're getting long in the tooth. Like yeah. I I'm I Liam Liam Neeson has. His his specific set of skills have been proven to be not a, a, up to the task. His his daughter has been successfully kidnapped. Um, oh God! So uh, let's get let's get back and finish this unfortunate
1: situation. Okay. Uh, Jill goes up to the bedroom to try to apologize to Tim, and immediately he thinks it's his fault. Um, and this kind of exchange ensues where Tim just isn't really listening to her. Proving her fucking point from earlier in the episode, but whatever. We're beyond that. Uh, and she's like, no, no, no. You don't have to apologize to me. I have to apologize to you. Could you hear it? my my body trying to hold that back?
0: <laughs> yes, I could. You are
1: like, yeah, yeah. You are like belching um, through your words and everything. Yeah. So she's like, come, come here. Sit down on the bed with me. Uh, and he's, she's like, I'm sorry. Listen, you need to hear this from me. Uh, I have to apologize to you. I'm too critical of you. And she goes, "I'm sorry." And he goes, "Okay, thanks. You're forgiven." <laughs> and like he thinks that's the end of it. Uh, and she goes, "No, no, no, no. There's more. There's more." And um, you know, she continues through a really just contrived apology. I don't want to dwell on this anymore. Um, but Tim, Tim's like trying to coach her through it. <laughs> yes, basically. <laughs> Which, in and of itself, isn't, isn't a bad premise. I, I, I think that for a scene, that's a good idea. And, and the fact that
0: Tim isn't like gloating through this and being like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I was right. You were wrong. Like that, you know, that, there's at least that. But I, it's not. There's at least that. There is at least that the Truman and Landon podcast, uh, but <laughs> the subtitle of this episode. So, yeah, but so she she makes this apology. Tim accepts and then Tim says, wait, you, you, you there's one thing you forgot to do. You forgot to kiss me. And then she kisses him and, and he says, oh, you're so good at this
1: and you'll get you know good at doing it when you don't even mean it. Yeah, well, okay, I have the exact quote here because, I, and listen, okay, I, I'm going to allege this, you know, I don't want to point fingers, but this felt like an improvised line uh, because Patricia Richardson didn't quite seem aware that the line was coming, and Tim barely gets through it without laughing. Uh, the quote is, pretty soon you'll be as good as me, and you'll actually be able to say you're sorry and not really mean it. All right, yes, okay, cool. Cool. Okay. Undercuts, not just, it undercuts every nice thing Tim has ever done. Okay, great. Hey, we go to the stinger where Tim and Al and Bud and the rest of the men from the therapy group are in a workshop. Um, (laughs) Al says that he thinks Tim has an underlying resentment of him. Bud says that he's too rough on Al and that might be why Al's mom overeats. Yeah. Um, that, uh, Another uh, character says, you know, I've caught a few episodes of Tool Time, and I do think that there's a really mean-spirited undercurrent uh, to the show. You might as well call it Cruel Time.
0: With Tim the Cruel Man Taylor, which I feel like
1: uh, we've pulled that out at some point in the past. If, if not, it's as low as we go sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Howard uh, brings up the oil and uh, you know that Tim spilled on Al's shirt and starts to cry about it, and uh, Tim pre- uh, pretends to cry, and they think he's going through a breakthrough through and he says no we're we're just out of scones <sighs> and then he flips his eyes back as if this is uh, never going to have an effect on him and this whole scene is like what they're saying is like how i actually feel but they're playing it as a parody of like People who say this sort of thing and believe this sort of thing, this is exactly why therapy is a stupid thing. <laughs> this is not just not
0: just Al openly expressing this, not just a a trained therapist, not just a room full of people, not just Tim's boss also explaining this to him, and yet Tim
1: still will not even consider being nice to Al. <sighs> and yeah, flips his eyes back at it. Yeah. At the whole concept, at the very concept of apologizing and being uh, open and maintaining relationships with people. We go to the outtakes where we get uh, a deleted scene where I'm like, "Where the fuck was that scene? I wanted that scene." Yeah, yeah. The the
0: something about more facts about the newspaper story that Randy's working on about the Lattlegate. pork stew.
1: Yeah, the pork stew is actually made from tofu. Yeah, which you know, as a reporter, that's kind of a breakthrough revelation. To go, <laughs> I went into this thinking that she was doing an egregious act of mixing meat and vegetarian food together but when i found out there's actually no meat so this is actually more egregious to the audience that uh, was opposite of what i was <laughs> intending to begin with i want to go on that supernova story that's a much better that's that's a much better arc of just like the sentences that you spoke right right now than this episode <laughs> had Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Then we get one more uh, outtake of Hello, My Name is Al. Um, My note was that's a sitcom I want to watch. Yes. That's the end of this episode. Good Lord. Um, Let's go into the grunt count. Yes. I have a guess. Okay, go for it. I think they all came out in one scene, which was uh, where Jill was asking him uh, to go to this workshop with him. Correct. And my guess is two. Now, but before I, I enter that as my final answer, I want to ask you. Um, because you alluded to it earlier, that he was grunt edging. Now, one of my two grunt guesses here for the number two was at the beginning of him going, oh, I hate you when you do that to me. Because he goes, "Oh, oh, I hate it when you do it to me. So... He starts that with a grunt, but I wasn't sure if he would count that. Well, I didn't count that as a grunt because it went right into speaking. I
0: would have to go back and review the tape more closely to see if he formally concludes <laughs> the grunt before he starts Which, saying
1: the next no thing. No one's going to ask you to do that.
0: No one's going to ask me to do that. I didn't count that as one because like, any time that Tim is grunt, Tim like says it in a gravelly voice, that to me is not a grunt. But I might have okay. to, like, in the interest of getting a, a clean count, I might have to go back.
1: Okay. I mean, I fucked well, that's up the my guess. ER I'm still going to guess so. two. I mean, my my wrote down two, so that is going to be my guess. But that was what, how I was justifying.
0: Well, well, the reality is one, and it's when Jill explains that uh,
1: the marriage is like a car; it needs maintenance. And Tim goes, "Uh oh, That's ah, yes. that's the one. That was the other one, I guessed. Yeah. So uh, I guess the the jury's out on this. You uh, you do have to go back to the tapes for me. I I'm requesting it. Uh, I'm filing an appeal okay great great (laughs) this is going to the supreme court i want to know how accurate
0: the count was (laughs) okay well okay i'll do a hand recount of the grunts uh just just because (laughs) just because you asked i promise you this this podcast is not rigged against you
1: okay well i guess that's uh it for this episode uh i know we wanted to um be (laughs) more positive and higher energy this season but um you know what I think our, en- not our, fault. I think our I energy think I think our energy is still high. This counts as
0: high energy. It just happens you know, it's I don't think we should be apologizing for the fact that it the show did fraught. these things
1: to us. Yeah, I know, I know. I just uh I, I I was hoping we were beyond the negative energy part. It was high. It was just high negative energy. But I do think it was a show's fault. Yes. I will stand by our opinions. Good. I <laughs> yes, agree with this We're episode. Yes. Uh, by going into suggesting that people uh, join our Discord. Um, lots of uh activity has been going on there talking about our nights episodes our main episodes uh just random stuff about home improvement and and other things it's been fun yeah it has been i think there's a, it's yeah. been a great way to kind of have a little back and forth with the old the old fan base <laughs> and someone who is completely adverse to twitter these days uh i really enjoy uh being able to converse with people more directly there so yes. um you know please uh join i i want to talk to you uh, it's been a lot of fun yes um Okay, so uh, beyond that, let's go into the outro, which goes a little something like this, ahem, ahem. Gruntwork is made possible by people like you. Who? The people who donate to our uh, Patreon. Uh, So if you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create the show, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over there. Yes, because over there, for as little as $1 per month, you'll get access to our
0: exclusive bonus content like our weekly Gruntwork Nights episodes, and you can also access our Discord where you can watch us record episodes live from time to time. If if this... if this experience of, of, of listening to this was fun for you, imagine watching this also happen.
1: Imagine watching me throw my hat off when I lost at the ER game. <laughs> imagine me speaking into the microphone with my hand over my face for 90% of recording. It, trust me, it's content you don't want to miss.
0: <laughs> you, you can't You can't
1: see that on television because television uh. has editors who remove those things. Uh first time donors can receive an MST 3K home improvement style grunt work art print which I uh created uh last season. Uh so be sure to check out our Patreon over at patreon.com/gruntworkpod. Leave us a rating a review over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show cuz it's the fastest easiest way to support us and it goes a long way to help others. Listen, last week we we gave people the opportunity <laughs> While we're we're recording this episode, to go record it, uh, and we got a few uh, new ratings and reviews. So I think I think we have to give them time in this episode to go do it again. Another fifteen. I seconds mean, not of not nonsense, the same people, but different people. Uh, yeah, I, we could just fill fifteen seconds the time it takes to go and leave us a rating. You know, I'm not going to ask for a review, but if you want to leave a review, you can. It it takes 15 seconds to rate us. Okay. So, uh, Ah, you know, the the clock starts now. 15 seconds of uh, just... Killing, killing time. Okay, here's the
0: instrumental break from Steely Dan's song "My Old School." <laughs> Never been more. Are we there yet? Aware of how long
1: 15 sentences.
0: <laughs> well, Steely Dan did go for a while. Um, that one continues though. It goes like. <sighs> <And> the, bru- <laughs> the ratings just.
1: Keep dropping. Uh, <laughs> well, if they don't like by. Steely Dan, I don't want their ratings. Stop by and say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram or on our Discord. Uh, all of that you can find at Gruntwork Pod. Uh, you can find the link to our Discord as well as other things on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. Where you can find other information on today's show and sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released. Get a grunt count hint as well as exclusive trivia and more like Truman's uh, appearance on uh, on another podcast. Oh, Sir, you mean that we top- never talked about this? Oh, yeah, I guess. Oh, shit, I didn't promote that. Yo, I've been
0: on two episodes of the Tope Suicida podcast. It is a podcast all about wrestling for people who don't necessarily like wrestling. I had a oh, man. delightful chat with uh, hosts Mike Whitman and Bo Rosser about, oh man, the first first wrestling match that we watched, I recorded these a little while ago, so I'm having trouble remembering, was Bret Hart versus... um, His
1: brother Owen Hart. Owen Hart, yes. In one of the matches of... The fucking century. Yes. How do you not remember that?
0: How do I not remember that? Because I <laughs> Sir, am Do
1: you do you, do you hear the resentment in my voice that you
0: happen to appear on this episode? It was not called Tope Fraser Sida, so I could not remember <laughs> every aspect that happened. I am on another episode that just debuted, and that is uh, one where Rey Mysterio fights. Oh, man, and I can't remember the It's This is a little
1: after my time, so I can't help you. Oh, you don't know
0: about Mysterio? Do
1: not try to tag me into the ring.
0: Okay, well, I—, I Because I, not I would
1: only like would I, I not know the answer, uh, at this point, I would do a heel turn, and uh, I would give you some chin music through a plate glass window. And, that's that's where we are. And, and I, you know, listen, and because I would be Gorgeous George, I would probably,
0: I don't know, start crying and run out of the ring. Um— <laughs> The point is, Tope Suicida, it is a great podcast about wrestling. I am going to be on one further episode that will be recorded TBA, and Landon, oh, are you? I want to let you know that you also have been invited to join in this episode, something I did not tell you ahead of time, and I'm springing on you
1: on the air, so... Oh, well, we'll see how... Uh, <laughs> listeners will have to tune into that episode to see uh, if this rift goes further, um... Uh, yeah, we could, we could have a real, uh, table turner on our hands here.
0: Yeah. I mean, so if, if after listening to all of this, you think, you know what I want, I want to hear more of these guys, but in a different context where they're not talking about home improvement, that's should be a thing you should be ready for. When should you be ready for it? Well, I don't really know yet, but it's going to happen. So exist in a state of readiness. Sign up for our
1: newsletter to find out. Yes. How about that? That's great. Uh, and. Until uh, two weeks from now when we bring you another episode of Home Improvement. I've been Landon Solano. I've
0: been Truman Caps, And remember, I want to say just a few words about this ladlegate scandal. I know nothing about the beef stew ladle being used to serve the vegetarian casserole because I am not a cook. (laughs) Eh? Eh? I've been sitting on that all episode. Who likes this energy?